Aloha, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Pod Squad. Chan Blair with Honolulu Civil Beat. And today, well, today we're talking about a lot of things, particularly climate change, but also the arts, literature, humanities, film. Intriguing, isn't it? Joining me to help understand this complex and intriguing topic is Bill Chapman. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the Whisper Room. Thank you very much, Chad. It's a pleasure to be here. Bill, very nice to see you again after yeah, several years. <laughs> full disclosure, I, I'm an American <laughs> Studies graduate. Bill used to be the department chair back in the day at Moore Hall, but now you're interim dean, School of Architecture. That's right. I kind of went from one end of the campus to the other. Literally, Moore Hall <laughs> over to the architecture building. Uh, but you're also on the board, and you are the program committee chair for the uh, Lily Strand House in Honolulu, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the Lily Strand Foundation is hosting a summit on climate change. The title is The Margins of the Sea. Peace, Global Understanding. Sounds a little bit like an Elvis Costello song. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But this is for the evening of May 14th and May 15th. And that would be Tuesday and Wednesday for those of you who are just tuning in when we post this on our website later this week. Uh, Bill, first of all, tell us a little bit about the Lily Strand House and the foundation. Okay, that's the easy part. So as you know, probably from your own experience, the Lily Strand House is located up on Round Top. It's a historic house designed by Vladimir Osipov. Right. It was built in 1953. At the time it was built, it was uh, celebrated, and um, House and Garden magazine has a kind of almost like equivalent of the concept houses in Los Angeles, mm. but it was a kind of ideal house. And there were, in fact, a number of other little strand houses built in sites far less dramatic than... Um, Round top. And when you say dramatic, it's because it is a, uh, would you say, 180-degree view? It's almost would, 360, but 180 yeah, is probably yeah, more Yeah, maybe 270. <laughs> I mean, you it's could, pretty impressive. You see from Diamond Head all the way out to the Waianae Coast. It's amazing. It's just amazing. You feel you can reach down and grab an airplane almost, right? <laughs> They're so small from that height. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, the, the one or two times I've been there, well, eucalyptus trees. They well. are beautiful. There are about five. Five really massive eucalyptus trees that have the kind of that lovely bark that seems to be kind of peeling a little bit, and it's just gorgeous. And that kind of gives the setting to the lawn. A lot of the house has an outdoor feel to it. Yeah, there's a large under under building lanai where a lot of the where this function in fact will take place. It seats about I think 70 to 80 people. And so if you are interested in coming to these events, you better get your ticket fairly soon. So there is limited capacity, though there is valet parking. Okay. What time does it start each night? Well, it starts at exactly 5.30 every night, so you have to get there a little early, and it will be ending at 7.30. Okay. And then the uh, there is a charge, but that really is just to cover costs, and it's $40 for each night. And that will cover your the reception cost and also the valet parking. Got it. And I would recommend leaving early because it is a bit of a drive up Tamales. It is, in fact, yeah. I might come just to take a peek at the swimming pool again, but that's another topic. Yeah, yeah. It matches It matches the coffee table, strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> now, uh, there's a foundation associated with the house. The house is not... Uh, still occupied, is it, or is there is there another quasi, quarter? Quasi-occupied. Okay. Bob and Vicki Durand, his wife, both Bob Lillistrand and his wife have a, live in an um, apartment on the, on the site. Okay, the foundation. What does the foundation do? Well, it was set up a couple years ago, and I think 
It was really Bob and Vicky both had this vision of making sure the house lasted in perpetuity, and they wanted to. It was a house that was built by Bob's dad and mom, and they were very involved in the construction and worked a lot with Vladimir Osipov during the time it was built. And uh, I think he, he was kind of somewhat controlling as an architect, so he kind of told them what would be what they would do and what furniture they would pick and things like that. A little bit like Frank Lloyd Wright that Actually, way. I was just yeah. thinking of that. And by the way, Osipov, other buildings in Honolulu that we would recognize, the IBM building is it that used to be, be called. That would be one. But he did, a number of, he did a number of private houses. And that was really his specialty, really, was designing these very, very nice houses that addressed nature in a way and addressed place and tried to take advantage of the trade winds were oriented in ways that diminished the amount of sort of heat you would gain during the day and things like that. So they were very carefully thought out. And all the views are kind of framed. Because hmm. the other night we were at the dining table and someone and you look right out and there's Diamond Head. <laughs> and someone said, that looks like a painting of Diamond Head <laughs> there out the window. <laughs> and in fact, when you come into the building, you don't get the full impact of the airport and the 270-degree view until you sit down at one of these really low couches around this sort of kidney-shaped coffee table, which mimics, of course, the swimming pool. Right. And... Uh, that's when you actually see the view. Yeah, it's, it's like postcards. And so this segues nicely into the topic. I'm intrigued by the title, by the way, The Margins of the Sea. Uh, and we're talking about climate change. Tell us about why this topic is so important. Uh, really, the reason, back to your question about margins of the sea, this was really kind of the uh, um, brainchild of the Iowa, the International Iowa Writing Project. And they're quite a prestigious organization at the University of Iowa. And they... Um, based um, put on a number of programs around the world and have um, fellowships and things of this kind. And they were brought in early on, and they kind of came up with the title. And they were interested in the issues of the kind of geopolitics of the Pacific. Climate was part of what they were thinking about, but when it began, it was really about um, this whole idea of islands being lost, like in Micronesia right. and the Marshalls, and islands being gained by the Chinese mm. off of the coast of the Philippines. Literally, said, in some cases, <laughs> building them from scratch. Building them from scratch. <laughs> and they thought this was a kind of paradox, I suppose, or something, a kind of literary trope to think about islands lost and islands gained. Huh. And that's how the island term came into it. Got it. But then we saw that really it was really about... How does climate change affect geopolitics? We kind of see these issues like, you know, the U.S. relations with China very much in the news today. Oh, yeah. U.S. relations with Korea very much in the news last week. And then, but the bigger question is what's what's going to happen to the Pacific Ocean and how is that going to affect our lives? And so I think part of the idea was to try to, have writers talk about this, people that are engaged as activists or writers and not simply scientists. I think that was really the vision, that it wouldn't be scientists plotting out what was going to happen to the world in the next 50 years. Okay, who are the uh, speakers? They look like they are, well, I, I recognize a couple names here, but I'll let you go ahead and tell me about the speakers for the margins of All the right. sea. Well, the, the first one on the 14th is a man named Simon Winchester. And so I think quite a few people in the audience would probably know who he is, but he's he wrote a book called The Pacific, which was ha- what attracted 
us to have him be our keynote speaker. But he also has written a lot of other things that people may have read. One was Krakatoa about the story of the, I think it was the 1883 right. um, explosion of the volcano off of Jakarta that really changed the world's climate for a while. I think that's the one that inspired Edward Munch's The Scream, if I remember <laughs> I correctly. I think it does have something <laughs> of that feeling. And he did another one. That kind of links into another book he did called The Professor and the Madman. And I don't know if it's going to be released in Honolulu this weekend, but it's being released nationally as a movie. Oh. Uh, Mel Gibson and Sean Penn. Wow. And uh, it may be at the Kahala Theater this weekend. That's our that's our art house, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> now that the varsity's gone, <laughs> Simon. That's right, Simon Winchester. Um, I think there's also a filmmaker coming as well. Yeah, James yeah, that's Redford. James Redford, and James Redford um, has you know shown at a lot of film festivals, and he made a really, uh, really poignant and sort of wonderful film about um, the impacts of climate and ways people are trying to address it around the world. So we'll be able to see clips from that. We also, this will be the second night. This is the 15th. Okay. And then we have Maxine Burkett, who is a uh, professor at the University of Hawaii Law School, and she's the co-founder of the Institute for Climate Peace, uh, for climate and then, uh, and peace. And she works in collaboration often with Maya Soatoro Ning, and Maya will be coming that day as well for part of, for a panel discussion. So I, I know Max. Be, it should be really lively. And oh, I bet I, I know Max a little bit, and I've met Maya as well. It sounds terrific. So, arts, literature, humanities, film, a great house, circa the fifties and the sixties. And you're absolutely right; it's like a time warp mm-hmm. when you go in that house. The furniture fits very much the time. Uh, it's really a, a wonderful place to be. But tell us. Uh, how many people are going to be welcome? I'm guessing it's limited in terms of how many. Well, it's limited. The t- first two sessions are open, then there's kind of a by invitation third session. So we won't bother talking about that today, but that'll be on Thursday. And uh, But um, today, the one we're um, talking about will be the sort of keynote address by Simon Winchester and then the panel the next night. Okay. And it lasts from 6 until around 7.30, and then there'll be a reception afterward. Gosh. And so, again, you got to find your way up to the house. It's marked on the street. It's a bit of a drive, <laughs> and you'll miss it if you're not looking for you it. You have to it's look like for that little <laughs> little sign that says 3,300. 30, and so that's what you got to be careful 3, for. 3,300 yeah. uh, Tantalus, right? That's right. That's on Tantalus And if people want to find out more information, is there a website that they can go to? Yeah, there is. LilyStrandHouse.org. L-I-L-J-E-S-T-R-A-N-D. House, one word. Yes. Dot org. You can just Google it and it'll come up. It's a very famous um, right. house. You can see all sorts of photos online. I, Honolulu Magazine featured it on its cover. Yep, very recently. Very it was recently. on Honolulu Magazine. And so, again, we they quite often have people come to town um, who are knowledgeable about architecture. In fact, they've had a kind of longstanding relationship with the Ali Kalani Hotel. And so, people who want to get to see it get to go up. Kind and of a do similar. A tour. Excellent vibe architecturally. You mentioned the Holly Kalani. It's a wonderful place. I just wanted to ask a couple of questions about you, if, if you don't mind a little bit. Um, what's the tie-in with architecture and climate change for you? Oh, well, I think sustainability and issues of climate are enormous in every field now. You know, our, our um, marine sciences are concerned, and they're tr- kind of charting and watching the effects of um, ocean cli- uh, low temperature rise and the impacts on on marine 
mammals and on marine plants as well. Um, the planning department, which is in the, not in, in the architecture school, is very concerned with what do we, what do, we do if we do face um, rising sea levels. Um, if we have to deal with significant changes in temperatures, more severe storms, things of this kind. And of course, architecture has to be part of that too and, and design buildings that can be resilient. And also to, in some ways, either fortify or um, find alternatives for buildings that already exist. Mm, yeah, that's particularly you've seen the uh, projections should there be a flooding associated with climate change, and all the experts say there will. You can just see these projections, maps of Waikiki. I mean, most of us live on the coast here in Hawaii. Absolutely. And it's low-lying, and uh, we're not as fortunate to live up uh, in higher areas. But even right. then, all the, the businesses, the... There's a lot of debate about what will go on. You know, will will we kind of choose the Dutch route, <laughs> which is really to create um, dikes and... Yeah, right and things that break waters and things like that, and ways for higher waters to retreat into areas where they won't be so damaging? Hmm. Or do we somehow do something radical and literally retreat from the shore? Yeah. I somehow think we won't. I think real estate's too expensive. Oh, I, I just... think people will figure out a way to fortify. But I don't see putting the outrigger uh, <laughs> on, on stilts, you know. I'm yeah, I don't, think that's going to, to, I don't think it's going to happen To lift either. hotels. I know. Um, that's an Ossipop building as well. <laughs> is it? The good, outrigger. Good. I'm not the hotel, but the outrigger canoe club. I'll be darned. Oh, down there by Diamond Head, yeah, actually. Yeah, down so. there on the Gold Coast. Hey, just one final thing I wanted to bring up. I was looking over your bio, and even though I've known you for a long time, I did not know that you were four-time... Fulbright scholar. I've met one time and two time Fulbright yeah, scholars. Yeah, it's kind of. How'd over you pull the top. that one off? <laughs> well, you were. They change the rules every now and then. They have a kind of two full time Fulbrights, meaning the full scholar program where you go for six months to a year. I had one in Italy and one in Thailand. But they also have a program called the Specialist Program. Oh. And they're for anywhere from four to six weeks. And I've had two of those, one to Cambodia. It was the first time they had a Fulbrighter in Cambodia, and another return to Thailand where you actually kind of work with an agency and, and really try to do something or work with a university to develop curriculum or something like that. Okay. Let's just remind everybody it's called The Margins of the Sea, Peace, Global Understanding. Uh, the guests are Simon Winchester, James Redford, uh, Maxine Burkett, and Maya Satoro Ng, and that is on Tuesday and Wednesday, May 14th and May 15th. You can go to uh, Lily strandhouse.org once again l-i-l-j-e-s-t-r-a-n-d i'll try and put that in our little blurb on the uh-huh. on the article itself so people don't have to guess at how to spell that because it it doesn't read like it actually pronounces uh, but it's uh, an amazing house an amazing talk bill chapman dean of uh, the school of architecture interim but also on the board and the program committee chair for the lily strand house in honolulu Thanks for joining us on the Thank you, Chad. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's good to reconnect with you. You can visit us at civilbeat.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. For the Pod Squad, for Civil Beat, I'm Chad Blair. Take care and aloha. Mm -hmm.